Welcome to What is Truth, the radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar, and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome to another edition of the What is Truth radio show every Sunday morning, 7 o'clock, right here at this station. And uh, it's good to be with you this week. We have a full compliment in the studio today. Uh, of course, I have my, my partner in truth, uh, Mark Sassy, who's always uh, studying hard. I have uh, John D., who's been with me for decades now, time now. on the radio show. <laughs> time, and uh, we have uh, Teresa DiPietro with us, uh, a real disciple, a lover of the Lord who loves that book. And uh, she'll be joining us today. Good morning. And for the past uh, number of weeks, we've been studying uh, a fulfillment of a promise that Jesus made to a Peter back in Matthew's uh, gospel, chapter 16. He said, Peter, I will build my church. And what he allowed is Luke, the physician, to write a book in the New Testament called the Acts of the Apostles and watched how after Jesus ascended back into heaven, how he began to build his church through the work of the apostles. And, and probably the two main apostles we'll see in this book are Peter and Paul. Yes. And and Peter comes on in the beginning and he's a powerfully working, trying to go back to the temple, trying to convince the people of Jerusalem, the same people that said two months earlier, crucify him, crucify him, that this was the Messiah. And he tried for seven chapters. And after that, you can see what God did was determining at that point that the people in Jerusalem, the Jewish leaders were not going to repent and turn to the Savior, Jesus Christ. He turned the gospel to the world, and he sent out uh, the, the gospel in the eighth chapter to the people in Africa through the Ethiopian eunuch, and he's going back to the days of Noah. This is the son of Ham, one of uh, Noah's three sons in Africa, uh, going to make sure the Afrikaners get it. Then in the uh, ninth chapter, he went after a Shemite, by the name of Saul of Tarsus, that's another one of Noah's sons, a descendant of a son of Noah, to send the gospel up into the region of Asia, and the Shemites will go that way. And then in chapters 10 and 11, we saw Cornelius, the centurion from Rome, one of a descendant of Japheth, another son of Noah, and he gets saved, and we see the gospel going out. And, and now it's going to everybody, Jew, uh, Gentile, Everybody's getting the gospel. The Gentiles seem to be receiving it well. Amen. And they're picking it up, and this is happening. Now, there's been a change because at the end of the 11th chapter, we see that God himself moved the headquarters yes. of true, I guess we'll call it true religion. I, I, I don't like the word religion. I don't either. None of us like that word. But it's the one pure religion. The that's, Jews. That's right. Yeah. The, the, the pure religion pure and religion. undefiled, the one given by God. And, and he's moved his religious headquarters from Jerusalem up northward into a place called Antioch in yes. Syria. And the church was gathered together and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And that's mm. when they get the name Christian. And now even the governmental leaders are beginning to recognize, you know, in the old days, it was the Jews that were always going on about God. Now this new group of people is always talking about God. And of course, governmental leaders like to persecute God's people. 
And so God's going forth, and now the devil's going to work through these governmental leaders. And here we come in the 12th chapter. It's an interesting chapter, Brother Mark. There's a lot in chapter 12. i got to <laughs> say, I like Acts chapter 12. There's some really <laughs> interesting stuff. This is the second time that Peter gets thrown into prison in the book of Acts. Okay. And it's also the second time that God delivers him through an angel out of the prison. And, and that's one part of this chapter. Now, but, now uh, just to let the listener know, mm-hmm. he's not getting thrown in prison for vagrancy no. or a misdemeanor or a felony. For preaching. For preaching the gospel of Christ both Amen. times. For so truth. Yes. Yeah. It's just like today. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you, get, you get convicted yeah. <laughs> for telling the truth. Amen. And we also see in this chapter that now there's uh, uh, James in verse 2 gets killed. And we saw earlier in the book of Acts that Stephen got killed for his faith. Right. And then Peter gets thrown in prison like they're intending to do the same to a third person in the New Testament times now. And so let's read a little bit of the beginning here of Acts chapter 12. I'm going to go the first four verses. The Bible says in Acts 12, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So we see right there that James got killed. And James was the brother of John. That would be John who wrote John's Gospel and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the book of Revelation. John the Apostle. This is his brother James got killed. Now, it seems to me that James stayed back in Jerusalem. And like you had just gotten done saying, that God had moved on from Jerusalem and was making the center of the New Testament church to be up in Antioch. So maybe, I'm just saying maybe, it would have been good for James to have moved on up to Antioch. Well, Peter was there also, and it seems like the head, Paul says, the head apostles. Wasn't it Peter, John, um, James? And it was one other apostle that, that they, they, they were the ones in Jerusalem. They stayed in Jerusalem for the Jews. Well, he, he said, it. I'm going to go all the way back to um, the eighth chapter. And in the eighth chapter, we read, at that time, there was, verse one, there was great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. Right. And they, that be the believers of the church, were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea. They're heading north, Samaria, further north. Continue going north, you'll be up in Syria before you know it, where Antioch is. They scattered, comma, except the apostles. So they felt a need. James, the one you're talking yes. about. John, the one you're talking about. These are Jewish men. They were called by Jesus uh, they were all Jewish believers, and they were to stay to their brethren, the Jews, in the region of Jerusalem and continue to minister to them in the face of persecution. Jesus had warned them, they persecuted me, they will persecute you. They'll yes. think they're doing God a service by throwing you in prison. Yeah, right. Right, right. This, you know, He's it, just staying out of obedience. Yes. I love this this chapter as well, Mark. It, it, this is um, in my early Bible reading. This was my one of my aha moments. Um, understanding Amen. something mm-hmm. and, and just go back. I mean, the King James Bible, you know, you say to yourself, Christians, okay. You, it, sometimes you say, well, they're Christians, well, they're Christians, well, they're Christians. And you never know, you know, where, where'd that word come from? Where, when did it start? Here it is in the last week's chapter. Yes. Right. Here it is. And it's like, wow. Okay. You know, I bet you a lot of people don't know that, but what really got me 
was Easter here in the fort. Oh, in the yeah. fort okay. four, yes. This really got me. And, and Mark, and Mark, um, it's uh, different it was, in our Bibles, isn't it? It, it says Bible's Easter. And I didn't know this, but Mark Easter. told me, ta- Mark told me earlier that all the other Bibles say Passover. Yes, they do. Including the New King James Version. Even that one, they all translate Pasha as Passover, and you find it 29 times in the New Testament, Pasha. Yep. But the translators and God working through the King James translators correctly made it Easter here. But I have to to pause for a second. This is one of the most criticized verses of the whole King James Bible. People that don't particularly like the King James Bible, they love to go to Acts 12.4 and say, see, this shouldn't be Easter because Easter is a pagan holiday. But I can prove, it can easily prove from the Bible... They, they're, they're claiming it should say Passover. That's what they put mm-hmm. in their Bibles. Right. Well, let's look at the first Passover. That's back in Exodus chapter 12. Mm-hmm. And plus, oh, look I, at that. I have 12. a friend that <laughs> actually started using a King James Bible because she was in the right church, yeah. a King James believing church. And they said, if your Bible, and she had a, the wrong book and she couldn't follow along. She just closed her book for years. And then finally, he said, if you have Easter... And if you have any other word but Easter, yes. you have the wrong Bible. And yes. from that moment on, that's what she's she's King James only. Amen. From that moment well, on. Don't they swear on going the Bible? Door to door. Don't they swear on the Bible in court? This yeah. is the tr- I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because the Bible is the truth. It's but the it's, truth. It, yeah. And it says here, this was a time days of unleavened bread. So we know it's we know it's a Passover time. But yeah. you know, Mike, you did a study years ago on this and I that I remembered because <clears> I was very I was young in faith. And um, you had um, a lot of secular information on Easter. Yes. And why the chicks? Why the rabbits? Oh, the eggs. And, <laughs> and the eggs. Reproduction. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Fertil- goddess, fertility. Yeah. It was spring. goddess of yeah. fertility. It's goddess of fertility. It, it was, it was yeah. Ishtar. Ishtar. And Ishtar was Sounds like the mother of Tammuz. Yeah. But she was right. also, that was also her husband. It was a real sick, twisted thing it, about fertility. Right. Yeah. Fertility. Ex- yep. Exactly. And, and, but... Because you always wondered, mm-hmm. even even as a little Catholic boy, what in the world does little chicks and eggs and rabbits have to do <laughs> with with Christ? You know, and then and then you can see that they're morphing it over here. This is it's really Easter is a pagan holiday. Makes you wonder about Easter. When when I was a kid, it, they always just what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> right. Well, right. What came first, right. the Christ or the egg? Well, I think what it is. I, I, I don't think know. it's yes. just my my opinion <laughs> is that. Is that Passover and Easter fall so closely together. Yes, and I think over time the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church has pulled it. Well, and just Mark, say, you, you have some it. information there. So yes, go to twelve. Yeah, so, yeah, so like John said, Passover and Easter do fall clear close to the same in time. In the spring, they're in the spring. And mm-hmm. Passover is given by God. We Correct. find it in Exodus twelve. You were just going to show us. And yeah. Easter is pagan. Yeah. And so here in Exodus twelve, we see in verse eleven. He says, uh, talking about the Passover, and he says, And thus shall ye eat it, meaning the Passover lamb, yep. with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Yes. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. Right? And he's going to pass judgment. And when he sees the blood, verse 13, he'll pass over you. Referring to the blood of Christ coming later. Mm-hmm. But then you travel further in time, and in verse 17 of Exodus 12, he says, And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. And you can read through the whole chapter. I'm not going to take the time right now, but 
the point being is Passover comes first and unleavened bread follows after that. Now, that's one showing right at the very first Passover, but in Leviticus chapter 23, where God lays out all of his feasts, yep. and there's three major feasts, Passover being one of them, in Leviticus 23, we see the same exact pattern where first you have Passover in Leviticus 23, verse 5. On the 14th day of the first month at the even, this is the Lord's Passover. Number one, yes. Verse 6, then what's it say? And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So that, that feast next. follows the Passover. Passover first, unleavened bread begins the day after. Yes. Oh, got and it. So okay. now, now that we know that Passover comes first, for sure, confirmed verily, verily in, in the Bible. In books of yes. the Bible. Now we go back to Acts 12, and in verse 3 it says, Then were the days of unleavened bread. And then they want to put Passover after unleavened bread? Well, you could if you're going to wait Very a year, good. right? <laughs> I mean, if, if you wanted to wait a year, well, right? Well, well, that's it, because it, it begins on the 15th day of that month and ends on the 21st day. Mm -hmm. And I've got to wait 11 months and wait for the next first month to come around and wait for the 14th day. Yes. So if I wanted to put Passover there, mm -hmm. if I want to read the verse the way they want it, after he apprehended uh, Peter, okay, he put him in prison, delivered him to the soldiers to keep him intending after Passover to bring him out again. But these were the days of unleavened bread, verse 3. So we're in the days of unleavened bread. i got to wait a year. So which he's planning is, next year the, to do which it. Which is not the case in this story. So Easter, no. Easter fits. Passover does not fit, yeah. truthfully. He's, he's excited to make a sacrificial lamb of uh, Peter. Peter. Of Peter. That's what he, because it pleased the, the Jewish Jews. leaders mm -hmm. to see these guys killed. I, I heard one time somewhere that John the Baptist was beheaded during a pagan holiday. Okay. And here you have a pagan holiday of Easter, and they want to put and Peter to death. And they want to put him to death. Yeah. 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 So that makes sense, too. Sure. And then, so if we move on in the story, verse 5 through 11, the Bible says Acts 12. So again, just to sure. slow down for one moment. So what we're seeing here in Acts chapter 12, verse 4, the word of God, the King James Holy Bible has Easter in the fourth verse. Every other book that calls itself a Bible has a different word there. So, so it doesn't got, make chronological sense. It doesn't make chronological sense. At all. It doesn't make contextual sense. Right. right. And therefore it is incorrect. Therefore that Bible has an error. But, in it. but mm -hmm. it also, it absolves Easter from, from those saying that it, it, Easter is a Christian holiday. It is not. It is a pagan it's holiday. A pagan, yeah, because it's, Herod's it's, celebrating it. Yes, right. it's a pagan holiday. A pagan ruler. And by yeah. putting Passover here, the the, the uh, it could be an intelligent Christian could read right over it and say, okay, I get it. But when it, oh, right over here, this is the Acts of the Apostles. The Lord was just taken up not even a year before. Yep. All right? And Easter's in full swing. This is not the first Easter ever. Right. Oh, Easter's in full swing, showing that this is a, a pagan holiday. That's why... We slip a lot because we've grown up, we're so used to saying Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday. But truly, when we when we greet each other, it's, it's Resurrection, you know, Resurrection Sunday. Sunday. We call it Resurrection Sunday. Yeah. But it again, that was my aha moment. Uh, just my little, well, mind, until, my little mind. Until my I was saved, I was it was came right out of my mouth Easter. But now I withhold that word. I can't right, say yeah. that word. I have to say Resurrection Day. Yeah, Resurrection Sunday. Resurrection Sunday. It tied a lot of things together. You think about that and say, well, yeah. you know, again and, and again, even from 
the the uh, you know the, the just the whole thing because you know I was in the business. I mean, <laughs> chicks and and eggs and oh, chocolate sure. and, and hiding sure. things and all this fertility stuff. The yeah. only thing is they'll throw the lamb in there. What do they make around here? They make the butter lamb. Butter lamb. The, the butter yes. lamb. They'll throw that in there a little bit. See, it's a lamb. Yeah. You know, but, but no. But that's that, that's to me again. That was the aha moment to show. Wow. They just they just morphed this together over here well, to mm-hmm. deceive the people. Well, in 587 BC, according to Jeremiah 44, they were practicing that holiday back in the 44th chapter of Jeremiah, Amen. 500 <clears throat> years before. And um, did they call it Easter back then? They, they no. called it uh, a celebration to the Queen of Heaven. Okay, oh, yeah, okay. it was Ishtar. Yep. That yep. was the Queen Ishtar, of Heaven. Right. Yes. And so uh, Astarte, right. which, which is holding that's, a baby. That's how yeah. they got the word Easter right, right. from the yeah. name of the false god, yeah. which is holding a baby. Which which we have now uh, a certain religion saying that's not, that's not a star. That's that's Mary and, and the Christ. It doesn't take and much to, to study that out. No. And yet no, but you have to have still it. won't. You have to have the right book. Right. Or you have right. to want to. You, you have, have to want to, want to study key. it out. You have, to have, you have to have the right book. If you don't have the right, right book, Christian, if you don't have the right book, and yeah. you, you could all you want about the do's and the thou's and, yeah. and everything of the King James Bible, give it a chance. But you are missing so much here. Now, when the I hear that word there. Easter, I think Ishtar. I really sure. Every That's single yeah. time sure. I hear it. And, sure. and like Pastor was saying, if you have a Bible that says Passover in Acts 12, 4, mm-hmm. It's, it's an error. It's an error. It's, an error. it's a lie. Yeah. Right. It's a lie. Yeah. And they're saying and, that this and, is an error. And, and you lie. can't have a book coming from God that has a lie. Titus chapter one says God cannot lie. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, Amen. And so there you go. You need a King James Bible. You need Amen. the word of God. Amen. And here in verse five of Acts 12, the Bible says, going from five to 11, Peter, this is about him in prison. It says, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers of the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. That's quite a story. A true story. Well, this is why this book is called the Acts of the Apostles. Mm -hmm. God did marvelous, miraculous works with his apostles and through his apostles. Uh, One of the other apostles in this book is the Apostle Paul. And later he would write and he would say, truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Uh, And uh, this is what God was doing through these men, the, the foundation of the church. What Jesus did a long, long time ago when he uh, prayed to his father back in Matthew chapter 10. And he prayed to his father, father, which of the men should I choose 
to be my apostles. I've got a lot of disciples. Who should I choose? And when he woke up in the morning, he called 12 of the disciples and gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And the names of the apostles, the first one is Simon called Peter. Amen. So these are... This is not yeah. something we expect today. There are no apostles today. In, in, right. No. And, and here's, again, how, how my mind works is, y'all, I've told you the story I had quickly years ago when a woman confronted me about St. Jude's, why are the kids, where's your God, why are the kids having cancer and all this? And she went on and on. And I finally said, you really going to go there with me? And then, I, and, then, and then all of a sudden I said, wait don't, a minute. Don't get And finally I said to her, I said, you know, cancer's been cured. I don't know where you've been. Nobody dies of cancer anymore. And totally. <laughs> I'm giving you the top-down view, and I totally frustrated her. And I said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. The person that God sent down to cure cancer was aborted. Yeah, yeah. there you yeah. go. There I said, go. oh, I said, I, says, <laughs> I said, the girl was pulled in a van and gang raped. The good Samaritan that the Lord sent down there was aborted. Yeah. Well, yeah. so she hung up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, the point I'm trying to make is, you look how God intervenes over here. What if Peter was killed here? James was. Right. It could have happened That's that right. way. What if Paul, when he was stoned, stayed dead? But what, was what about the, John? What would we have right now? I mean, you see Mark, first and second Peter, and what Peter meant to, to all these things, to Paul yeah. and his writings. John, he, they sent him to the Isle of Patmos. I'm sure they were hoping he would just die there, right? What if the Lord did not intervene and he had to, well, and I, these men died? On what that, kind I, of Bible would we have? On that note, look in the story, what was, what was the church doing? We find they were praying without ceasing. Verse 5. Absolutely. It says, prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Right. And I just heard a message on Christian radio yesterday that was, it was actually pretty good, talking about prayer. And just a couple of verses about prayer, uh, I'll, I'll include in this. But the message I heard yesterday was that praise is connected with prayer. Praise and thanksgiving. And it's not just about asking, hey, Lord, we need Peter we need you to fix this thing with Peter. We need you to get Peter out of prison. It's not just that. It's praising the Lord. It's thanking the Lord for his goodness and, and then asking. Right? And I, I do believe that the more you're in this word, the more naturally that does come to you. Amen. Because it's, a, it's constant communion with the Lord. Amen. Constant, Amen. You, know, in, you know, lead me, Lord, praising him. Amen. It's all day long. I mean, I, I don't know. That's how it is for me. And, I'm constantly. And, and humbling. I mean, on that yeah. note, what you're saying, I, I, yeah. I, I think it's humbling yeah. Absolutely. to us. So the, and, the, and it's one of their commandments. Like, he, it's one of the commandments in uh, First Thessalonians 5. Um, 16, it starts with rejoice evermore. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Amen. So that's constant communion with the Lord. The more I'm convicted of my sin, the more I know, the more I read this book, you think, you know, and, and I'm a much better man than I was, but still, the more I read this book and know the depth of my sin, is it comes with praise. I, I can't believe you let me walk the earth. It's an amazing. I can't believe, it's amazing. I can't believe you put food on my table. Thank you, Lord. That realization yeah. turns you back. Turns you back. Yes. You cannot yeah. pray without, you truly cannot pray Amen. without praise. Amen. There's, right. there's a couple of uh, well-known prayer verses in Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people shall pray, right? Mm -hmm. There's one. In Luke 11, verse 1, 
you see the Lord's Prayer where they say, teach us how to pray. Yes. And he gives an outline of how to pray in, in Luke 11. In Luke 18, verse 1, it says, men ought always to pray. Mm-hmm. And not faint. And not faint. And, you know, and also, I'm, when I'm, you know, prayer comes more when I'm reading my Bible. And I see something in there. And I'm like, that's me. And I start speaking it out loud. Yeah, amen. And I'm, and I, and I'm praying to the Lord. His words back to him amen. is, I think, a very powerful prayer. Now, Mark, you were saying that you thought prayer and praise, they kind of go hand in hand. Yes. Kind of like, almost like a husband and wife go hand in hand. They got, yeah. kind of go together. Connection. Well, in Psalm 22. I knew you were going to go to the Psalms When Jesus on was praying, <laughs> and, he, and he was praying, he says in verse 3 to his father, thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Now to inhabit something is to live there. Mm. And we're talking about, let's say, any one of the four of us at here, and we're making a tabernacle inside of us for the Lord to live in. Well, one of the ways that he moves in best is through his word. So as we begin to allow the word to move into us, and then he's inhabiting us through the word, out comes prayer and praise. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, and I think this is, again, we touched on it a few moments ago. We're almost at the first half of the show. We'll take a little break. But before we do, you're talking about Acts 12.4. You either have the word Easter, that's in God's holy Bible, Amen. where every word is pure, or you have another one that has an error in it. Now, it'd be nice if the book only had one error in it, but many of these modern Bibles have many errors. They have thousands. words missing, thousands. Yeah. Yes, they have verses eliminated. And I think what happens is the child of God, when he's feeding on a book not written by God, God doesn't inhabit him as strongly on the inside and the praise and the prayer, just like a fire begins to go out when it's not fueled enough, starts to go out. I think the real key to the problem of modern Christianity is we've lost the pure, perfect words of God found in the King's Bible, where the word of a king is, there's power. So I'm glad you hit on that early. A famine for the word of God. Yeah, there. Today. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, yeah. I find that people that barely even know the Bible, but yet if they're Christians and they routinely, day by day, praise God, you know, they'll say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, over little things, the littlest thing, right? (laughs) I find that the Lord blesses them. Amen. You know, they may not know much, and they ought to be in the Word a little more and a little more studying, but Mm -hmm. at least they're praising God and they're on the right track. Mm -hmm. I I love to see that. And, And another way is, like Jesus said, to John on the Isle of Patmos, blessed are they that read and hear mm-hmm. these words. And coming to a place where you're hearing the word of God. If you're not a good reader, and some people aren't, then come and hear the words of God. Amen. They'll feed your soul. Man will not live by bread alone. The Lord will feed you by his word. And I also wanted to just say in James 5.16, the Bible says, pray one for another. Yes. Don't just think of yourself in your prayers, mm-hmm. right? They, they, they said that they're praying for they Peter. They were praying without ceasing for Peter. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. And then also in the same verse, that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Oh, that's, a loaded, that's a loaded verse with a lot in there. It is. Yeah. But it's, it's something <laughs> to think verse, on. Yes. Something to think on. That's right. right. You know and, and so we're getting close to the break, but uh, <laughs> I just, I'll say quick before the break that uh, there's four Herods that we find in the Bible. The first was Herod the Great. Correct. We find him in Matthew 2. He tried to murder Jesus as a 
child. Yep. Then his son was Herod Antipas. That's number two, Antipas, from Mark chapter 6. He beheaded John the Baptist, I think, on a pagan holiday. That's right. And then here we have Herod Agrippa in Acts chapter 12. Yes. And then later Agrippa II, his son, it's in Acts 25 and 26, Paul testifies before him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's different Herods, and we are on the third Herod, Herod Agrippa. Herod is almost like Pharaoh. You know, there's different pharaohs and there are different yeah. Herods. There was the dynasty of the Herods from, I think, 30-something B.C. all the way through to about 70 A.D. Yeah. yeah. Just, about, just before, we, before we end up, you know, uh, I'm in Ezra. I'm in Nehemiah now, but I think it's a, a soft way of praise. He always says, it's, and by the good hand of our God. Amen. He talks about what, what's happening, and he, and he always says, and by the good hand of our God. Hey, amen. 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 I think it's just so sweet. Yes. Amen. And the good hand of our God wrote this book that we're reading right here on what is truth? It used to be search the scriptures, but either one, they both come from the Bible. <laughs> and that's why we're here with you every Sunday morning. And if you like this show and you want to hear some of the old archives, you can go to our site. The one that sponsors us is Grace and Truth Church. It's a long word, graceandtruthchurch.org. Hit the sermons tab, hit YouTube, and you can listen to the old shows. We're going to take a little station break and we'll be back with the second half in a moment. Grab your Bible. Go to Acts chapter 12. Be right back. Amen. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said. Search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Welcome back to the second half of the What is Truth program. We're looking at Acts chapter 12. We've got a full panel here, and we're enjoying it, and we've gotten up to about verse 11. But uh, <laughs> any any thoughts on what we've been looking at? Teresa, you had some thoughts. Well, I'm looking back at Herod, and Herod's always, he's stopping. He's somebody, another person, that's trying to stop the gospel. And yes. whether it's for religious reasons or evil, he's just pure evil. But um, we come to this type of stuff when we go door to door. And I just wanted to talk about something real quick that happened last Friday. I was talking to these people working in a yard, someone's yard. So I just want to stop. Um, A lot of the audience might not know what you mean going door to door. So we just go door to door preaching the gospel and letting people know that they can know for sure where they're going when they die. And we show them. I just want to help the audience for a minute. I'm going to let your story go on in a minute. Carry on. We're going to learn uh, in the book of Acts chapter 20 that Paul the Apostle started mm-hmm. door-to-door ministry. Yeah. He thought it was necessary for people in a community to hear the gospel. Obviously, before radio and television, yeah. he would go knock on doors. Um, this went on in the 16, 17, the 1800s in America. England did it. People would go door-to-door. It was imitated by a bunch of counterfeits called Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. and Mormons. And, and most people think of them, but this was something started in the Bible. And today there are still good believers doing it like Amen. you, Teresa. Yeah, Amen. funny you say that because as soon as they answer the door, we say we're not Jehovah's Witnesses. Or Mormons. <laughs> or Mormons. <laughs> okay, okay. And, uh, and we just give a clear presentation of the gospel, which most people have never heard. Mm. Um, but anyway, I was in the yard talking to the workers and I saw the one young man um, do a little eye rolling, but we were talking to his coworker and we just gave them some gospel tracks and left. And I kept thinking about that kid and thinking about him and, and the owner of the home had come out. We gave her a track also. Hmm. 
we go back. I'm like, I'm going back. I want to talk to that kid. I want to pick his the brain. The one who rolled his eyes. The one who rolled his eyes. I wasn't going to call him. Well, I was going to call him out, but my friend <laughs> Sandy told me not to. And she didn't want him to have his defenses up. And I'm trying to talk to him. And I'm like, I just want to know your take. I have sons that are not believers. They saw me get saved. They think I'm a Jesus freak. What do you think? How, how do you think I could reach them? You know, and he actually tried to give me advice. advice. It was so sweet. It really was. It kind of opened a door. Out comes the owner of the home. And if that wasn't a spiritual attack and oppression, and this woman claimed that Jesus was her friend, but she didn't like us talking to those men those young men uh, about, about Jesus yeah. and mm. about their souls. And I thought maybe I shouldn't have been bothering them during work. And I'm like, their work's pay is it's garbage compared to eternity and yeah. their souls. Yeah, I don't care about it. But you she, know? Caused, she caused a big interruption. She came out and caused an interruption. So Sandy walked up to her while I finished talking to the gentleman. But boy, oh boy, just like yeah. this Herod, you know, stopping the gospel. You yeah, know, and the yeah. distraction. It's well, just that, the same type of one evil. One of the things we're learning here in the Acts of the Apostles, okay, we're seeing these men. They're human men going about doing stuff, something. But the spirit behind them is the Holy Spirit guiding them. Yes. And the Holy Ghost is guiding them to do this. But what he's trying to show us in this book is while God's spirit is working toward good, there's an evil spirit working toward evil and taking, looking for vessels. And Herod was a vessel that he could use. Yeah. And he Amen. stepped in to try to stop it. And he's a governmental leader. Right. And he has the power to throw someone in prison. Yes. He, he had the power to kill and, James and to in kill verse him. two. Yeah. Right. And after he killed James, he intended to kill Peter. Mm-hmm. And Peter, uh, I, I noticed some of the things about this part of the story where there was two soldiers. Yes. They were on either side of Peter yes. chained to him. Yes. They wanted to make sure there's no way he's this. getting away. And why? Because Roman soldiers would be put to death if they mm-hmm. lost their prisoner. Yeah, absolutely. And the keepers of the prison the same. And so you got two soldiers with not one chain, but two chains. Mm-hmm. There's four quaternions of soldiers, which is uh, like uno, dos, tres, cuatro. It's four, four times four. So there's 16 soldiers I here. just want to back up for a second. <laughs> That's very curious. They're, they've got him chained because they don't want him escaping because not too far from there, a little while back, there was another guy that supposedly escaped from a tomb. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the empty so, tomb. So that they know. Extra careful, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I never I, thought about yeah, okay, that. All right, all right, go ahead. So, I mean, so, so the guard <laughs> that they have going on here is two soldiers with two chains. There's four quaternions, which is 16 soldiers. Correct. There's also the keepers that kept the, the prison, door, yep. right? It's amazing. And then you've got in verse 10, you've got the first and the second ward. And I looked up uh, like the Bible de- de- definition of ward. And back in Genesis chapter 40, you find in verses 3, 4, and 7, it means prison. Okay. And so these are like walls of the prison, inner walls, the wards. And so there's the first and the second ward and they, that they pass through, the angel and Peter. And also the iron gate So they got him in the opens. hole. They got him in the hole. Yeah, he's yeah. way down deep in there. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're doing everything possible. Because we don't want a a repeat of what happened back in Matthew when, what, the tomb's empty? What's going on (laughs) here? And and Peter's probably expecting he's going to die soon. But what's Peter doing? He's sleeping. Sound asleep. He's sleeping. (laughs) Amen. And why? Because he's a saved soul and he's not afraid of death. And the Bible says that the Lord gives his beloved sleep. That they don't have to worry. They can rest. He has everything in hand. He's resting in the Lord. It's amazing. That's that's a good (laughs) Uh, and solid and deep relationship that God wants to have with his children. 
Peter has grown in the faith. From the first time he came to Jesus and used to put his foot in his mouth, we see how much he's grown in grace and knowledge now. Amen. And people might wonder, how can somebody really know that they know that they know <laughs> that they know that they're definitely saved? Like Peter, he's sleeping here. He's resting, right? Yeah. But in 1 John, no 5, of death. In 1 John 5, 13, it says, these things have, have I, I written that you may know no. that you have everlasting life. Mm -hmm. Amen. And if you spend some time in the Bible, you'll know too. Yeah. It removes the fear of death. Yes. That's one of the things Paul would write to the Hebrews. Said we've been bondage our whole life because of the fear of death. We're afraid. We, we, why, why do you wear a seatbelt? I don't want to die. All right. I mean, and, and don't forget, until he got outside those gates, he thought it was a dream. Yeah, you're right. He thought it was a vision. Even though he's already until, been through one prison break right. in Acts chapter <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. The, angel, the angel leaves him on the street outside the prison. He goes, nah, I know for sure that was an angel. And he ran off. Yeah. yeah. And, and he came to the iron gate, and which opened to them of his own accord, almost like an automatic door. That's the first automatic door <laughs> yeah. before Wegmans had one right. or any supermarket. Right. <laughs> and by the way, with all these, you know, 16 soldiers and the prison and everything, God sent one angel. Yes. One. And that's all he needed. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. People don't understand how strong one angel is, but just real quick, uh, in a sec, I forgot where it is now, but it's in, in three, in it's in three portions Kings. of the Bible. It's well, in Isaiah, it's in Kings and it's in Chronicles. Where, about where the, the Assyrian Hezekiah. army yes. was surrounding Jerusalem and it was 185,000 armed Assyrian soldiers. And that's God sent correct. one angel and he killed those Wiped soldiers in one evening, yes. one angel. That's amazing. And then I also mentioned to John earlier that in Revelation 20 verse one, against Satan himself, God sends one angel Kiss. With a key, yes, to the uh, to the to the bottomless, bottomless pit, pit and a great chain and chains him up. Yeah, yeah. And here's the passage. It's in it's in Isaiah chapter thirty seven verse thirty six. And and again, Hezekiah prayed. He said, "They have a mighty army surrounding our city, Lord, the one with your temple. I want you to protect it for the glory of your name and your honor." Verse thirty six. <laughs> and then the angel of the Lord went forth and smote in the camp of the Assyrians which were outside Jerusalem, a hundred and four score and 5,000. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. And the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, ran <coughs> and departed and went back to his own country. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. I have to touch on that because this used to bother me a little bit when I first started reading the Bible. Uh, the passage you read, he, the angel smote the soldiers and killed them. Yes. And here in verse seven, in 7 of Acts 12, he smote Peter on the side. He didn't kill Peter. <laughs> he, no. just, he just hit him on the side. Right. There's two meanings. It's there's either two meanings. strike sharply or kill. Yes. And, but it's you. Do you notice that word's used twice in this, this chapter? Chapter. And, and so the first time it's just striking. Waking him up. The second time. In verse 23, it yes. says the angel Lord smote him yep. and killed someone. And yes. so I looked this up in the old 1828 Webster's Dictionary. Oh, that's a good And so the first definition of smite or smote. Uh, is to strike with fist or hand or a weapon. It means like hand-to-hand -hand combat, like a Marine, hand-to-hand. Mm. -hand. But the second definition <laughs> is to kill, also hand-to-hand. -hand. It's a primitive mode of killing, to smite or smote. It's not like a legal form of electric chair or lethal <laughs> injection. It's not that kind of killing. It's not by accident. It's not by poison. Mm. It's hand-to-hand. -hand. And not even with a weapon. So what you're saying is the hand of an... 
should be registered. Those are deadly. It's like, I remember Barney Fife, he had to register his hands that time when he was taking karate. This is dangerous. Yeah. I, was, well, I was called Barney Fife when I was trying to become a police officer. What are you going to be, Barney Fife? Nice, nice. Well, it, it clears up the smote and smite and smitten type of thing. And the, the other thing yeah. that brings up, which is most interesting, the depth of the King James Bible is the Lord will use words in more than one way, like salvation can be the salvation of a soul, or Paul was on a boat and talking about salvation of the bodies of the people not dying in a boating accident or being thrown overboard. So it does require study. This is a book that requires study. Now, I like the simplicity of it. Amen. God wants to draw you very simply. Uh, he must be born again. You can have grace through faith and you can receive it. But then the study, well, between the four of us here, we've probably read this book over a hundred times, and we're still learning things. Yeah. Amen. I it's, think I think he scored more points. Yeah, I think I think so. <laughs> On his basketball team. <laughs> well, it, I think so. It's, it's a little bit like the California gold miners. Their kids could be panning for gold in the stream and get a little bit of gold, right? But the men would be digging a mine and yeah. really hitting the the core the, of the gold, the vein. The vein. All the, yeah, yeah, sure. So here in the story, you know, uh, Peter. He gets taken out of the prison by this angel, and it says in verse 7 that his chains fell off. Amen. And that, that kind of is referenced in a song I don't have in front of me, but my and can it be? Off, and can it my, be? Yeah, about Charles his, my chains fell off. His, and can it be? Right. And, and in that case, free. it's talking it's about Wesley. like uh, you're chained down by sin. Yeah. And by old habits and things that you used to do, whether it's drinking or whatever kind of things drag you down and pull you away from God. Yep. And when you get saved, that burden gets lifted, your chains fell off. Yeah, th mm -hmm. this was, um, there was a great preacher that lived back in the 1700s named John Wesley and his brother Charles worked with him. And of course they read their Bible and they prayed. And uh, Charles had a gift for writing songs and he would write these beautiful hymns that we sing the one we do at Christmas, um, Hark the Herald. Hark the yes. He wrote that. He That's wrote amazing. the lyrics to that. Yes. And here's another one he wrote called Anne Can It Be. And the third verse of it, uh, he writes as this, probably reading this very passage, and he puts these things together. He says, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye, Lord, diffused a quickening ray. I awoke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. Amen. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. That's, Amen. That's a good verse. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Amen. Yes. Maybe Amen. I'll request it tonight. Yes. <laughs> so we were up to verse 12. Any other comments up up until no. verse 12 on that? No, I Excellent. like what you had to say. Okay. So here's, here Words. we are, Acts 12, verse 12. The Bible says, And when he, that's Peter, when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. That's good. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. They, then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. 
And he said, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. So uh, yeah. they don't even know he's missing yet out of the prison. No. And he goes and uh, he goes to the house and they don't believe it. Doesn't seem possible. Yet they're praying for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting Lord, twist. Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Right. Yes. Yeah. I was praying. You mean you really answered that? <laughs> no. Isn't it yeah. something how we doubt? Yes, so yes. easily doubt. Amen. Every day. Amen. Well, I've heard old pastors say it's good to keep a prayer journal. Yeah. And, and write down in there things you've been praying for for years and years. Yeah. And then look back at some of those things and praise the Lord for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was um, in the 1800s. It was a, a Christian would often be known as a, a, a man or woman of, of three books, the Holy Bible, the hymn book and the prayer journal. Amen. Oh. And those were the three books they had. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And then uh, verse 18 to 23. Now, as soon as it was day. Wait a second. Wait a second. Okay, sorry. Just one thing. So, so Peter finally arrives here. Somehow, well, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of uh, John, whose surname was Mark. This is John Mark, the, the gospel writer of the gospel of Mark. Correct. Mm-hmm. So yep. these were known disciples of Jesus during the time of Jesus and known now Christians, they kind of converted from Judaism to Christianity yes. because the Savior is risen and now we're supposed to put all our faith in Jesus Christ and accept that he is the son of the living God. And they did that. And so he knew this is a place where I can come. I want to give them the good news that I've been released. And I imagine God is also going to lead him somewhere else to go because Peter has a lot of ministry to continue as an apostle. Amen. But when he got there and... Uh, Rhoda, you know, recognized the voice right away. I don't think they had one of those cameras like we have now where you can tell when someone's at the front door. And she ran in based on the voice, and they said, no, it can't be. He's in prison. It can't. No, I'm telling you. No, it's just his angel. So now the word angel means more than one thing, too. Not just the yes. word smote can have one meeting. Right. The way angel can have. Like it's just an appearance. It's not really him. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that they thought he was already dead? They might have thought they that. They must have yeah. thought that. And if it was his angel. They're praying that he gets out of prison yeah. and that the Lord yeah. saves yeah. his life. I mean, they and were praying that night and, and mm-hmm. they were hoping they wouldn't pick up the Jerusalem Post and find out he was killed. <laughs> right. So, okay, all right. Well, and the that's obituary. The paper. <laughs> that paper's been around a long time. <laughs> oldest one. Yeah. Um, so here we are in verse 18. This is Acts 12, 18. Now, as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers what was become of Peter? Well, yeah, I bet. because they're in trouble. Yeah. Big trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when Herod had sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. Mm-hmm. They didn't do there their job. Yep. Yeah. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea in their abode. And Herod was highly displeased. Now, this is a little change in the story. Yeah. He's highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon, two nations nearby. And they were rich nations. Up north in Phoenicia. Yeah. yeah. They're known for cedar wood. And, and they were also a, a nation with great uh, seafaring people. And yes. they could go get goods from other countries across the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. And uh, but they, they, the people from Tyre and Sidon, they came with one accord to him. And having made Blastus, the king's chamberlain, their friend, they desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. Yeah, what had happened when I read this, you know who has a lot of uh, this history? You're talking about the 
dynasty of Herod earlier. Yeah. That's found in the works of Josephus. Josephus, mm-hmm. Josephus mm-hmm. lived in the first century. He was uh, an official biographer historian. and historian mm-hmm. for the Roman people. And uh, he wrote these things down. And uh, Tyre and Sidon spent so much time uh, navigating and doing uh, seafaring works that they didn't pay a lot of, and they also had a lot of rich forests with cedar wood. They didn't have a lot of farmland. And Herod is in charge of the area of Judea, and there's some wonderful farmland in Judea. And they, the wheat and the grain, they would send up to, they weren't, Tyre and Sidon were being nourished by them, but they had crossed Herod once, and they were trying to make peace so they could get their uh, supplies back. Yeah. Amen. And, and so now Herod is, uh, he's going to give an oration to them. Yeah, to they these, set a day and, and, they, and they said, look, you know, we want to honor you. We think you're a great ruler, even though you're not a ruler of our nation. We have great respect for you. Yeah. And we want to have a big Herod day and, pomp, and everyone's going to come and we're going to have a parade and then you're going to speak and yeah, we'll give gifts to you. Amen. So here we are in verse 21. And, and upon a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne, and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a god, and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms, and gave up the ghost. So there we see he was smote and killed. Now, the interesting thing is, and Tracy, you were discussing this before about uh, Herod, and, and how much did he know about God and God's word. And we, I guess we'd have to go back to Matthew chapter 2. Okay. So obviously he impressed the crowd with what he knew. Yeah, well, here. Because they looked at him as a God. Okay, when so, Jesus was born in Bethlehem back in Matthew chapter 2 of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Herod was a king sitting on the throne in Judea. It turns out that for the past century or so, what had happened earlier was there was the Maccabeans that had delivered the region of Judea, and Herod was a descendant from them. He was half Idumean or Edomite, and he had some Jewish blood in him. Mm. And he's ruling this particular area uh, in Jerusalem. And again, if you're, a, I'm just thinking of in in Buffalo, let's say you're the Erie County Executive in Buffalo. If you're the Erie County Executive, I mean, you have to know some of the more important things in the county of Erie. And one of the things you have to know is you better know about the biggest religion in Erie County, which is the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I, I would, I would right. almost they say... They worship every Sunday during the NFL season. They worship on Sunday. They spend billions of dollars, okay? <laughs> so, so you're not going to be an Erie County Executive and not have good relationships with the Buffalo Bills. Right. Because they have a lot of fans around here. Mm -hmm. And if you upset them, you may not find yourself elected in the next election. (laughs) So the Herod knew, I'm living in an area where the temple is. These people are Jewish. They go to the temple. So he would establish like superficial relations with them. And they also knowing, well, he is the king in this area. So he has control over the prisons. We don't want our people thrown in prison. They would have, they would invite him to the temple and he would sit and he would hear things. As a matter of fact, some of the priests thought, you know, we should really get close to Herod. They were called Herodians. Mm. And so what happened was when these wise men came and said, well, where is the one that's born king of the Jews? Herod uh, gathered the chief priests and the scribes 
that he knew very intimately and said, where is this Christ supposed to be born? And they said, well, it's uh, written in the prophet, it's, uh, Micah, it's going to be in uh, Bethlehem of Judea. Uh, there's going to come a governor that will rule my people. So he was familiar with a lot of scripture. Yes. And, and when you're familiar with scripture, God holds you to a higher standard. Mm. Ah. I mean, he's not a total heathen, Herod. He, he may have a governmental position, but it would be like someone today who perhaps um, when he's running says, I, I, I believe in God. I'm a faithful Roman Catholic. Uh, I'm, I'm, and then you could talk to a priest that knows him. And so he's using the f people are religious. Yeah. They are. And yeah. they were religious they are. back then also. And, and like you're saying, Herod, the king, when he heard these things that troubled him from the wise men mm -hmm. saying, where is he that's born king of the Jews? He's like, well, wait a second. I'm gonna, I, I, I want to be replaced. the king of the Jews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm sitting on the throne. Yeah. He didn't consult astrologers or magicians. No. He consulted the chief priests who knew the, and the Bible. scribes. Yeah. And so he's hearing the words of God and he's saying, well, the word of God may say that, but right now I'm sitting on the throne. I'm not giving it up for some baby or anyone else. Right. right. I mean, I'll kill the babies before I'll do that. Right. And so this is a dynasty that was religious and evil. Yeah. It was absolutely. a governmental, religious, evil all wedded together. And God knew it. And God thought it was his time for judgment. Yeah. God dispatched an angel to smite him. <laughs> By the way, I'm, I'm curious of your thought on this, Pastor. In verse 19, it says, And when Herod had sought for him and found him not, when Peter was out of the prison, mm -hmm. he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. Yeah. Now, one might think, well, wait a second. These keepers, they did their job. They weren't really involved in the whole thing. They were just doing their job. No. But part of me says, yeah, but they're on the wrong side. They're on the wrong side against Christianity. They're on the wrong side against God. If you know that you're on the wrong side against something, I guess what I'm saying here is that, that God allowed them to be put to death. They were like innocent. Do they know they're on the wrong side? Well, no, no, okay, so, so here's what I'm going to do. In this 12th chapter, we see that Peter is in prison. Yeah. Okay. Later on in the 15th chapter or the 16th chapter, we see Paul is in prison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to assume, and you say I probably shouldn't do that, but I, I guess reconcile Scripture with Scripture. When Paul was in prison, he would preach and pray and sing praises to God. Amen. And I have a feeling Peter probably did the same thing mm -hmm. before he went to sleep that night. He probably got down and prayed. He knew about Daniel. Daniel prayed three times a day. I'm going to pray in prison. If he had anything to read, I'm going to read. If I have anything to say, I'm going to tell the prisoners, I know, I know Herod's telling you to, to bind me up, but you know I'm doing this to serve God. Amen, amen. And, and he probably related the gospel to those people. Amen. And then they made their decision. No, we reject that gospel. Yeah. So they had their opportunity yes. with Peter in that, the prison. That'd be my thought. It's kind I of, think you're kind of right. funny. Peter in the middle and one on each side. Hmm, there, like you the <laughs> right. there you go. Good picture, brother John. That's a good picture. Two, two men, yeah. not one of them said, yeah, tell me more. Now, the chapter right. ends yeah. with two good verses. Yeah, verse 24 and 25. I uh, mean, it starts out like they're going to kill these Christians. They just <clears> killed <throat> James. They're going to kill Peter. God intervenes. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to stop the spreading of this word, Herod says. And what happens in verse 24? It says, but the word of God grew and <laughs> multiplied. Yes. Yes. Right? And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem, from Jerusalem, when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. That's Mary's boy that we just saw in verse 12. So, yeah, so see, I, see that verse 24 real quick. 
that's all you really need is, but the word of God. Yes. <laughs> it yes. could have ended there. You know yes. what I mean? Well, you you know, a lot of people use that phrase, but took, God. Yes. They use it now, but. The word of God. He took a roadblock out of the way. God took a roadblock out of the way. I mean, he was, like I said, he killed James. Mm-hmm. Went after Peter. You know, if he wasn't, we talked about what, what would have happened if, if these apostles were killed. What kind of gospel would we have? What kind of writings would we have? And the same thing, if, if, if Herod lived, I mean, as, as Teresa said, I mean, he killed all those babies. Yeah. Right. Was it the same Herod? Yeah. Well, it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was, it was his grandfather. grandfather. I'm just saying, just an evil line of blood. But what we're yeah. seeing here in the Acts of the Apostles is the promise of Jesus. He turned to Peter in Matthew 16. I say unto thee, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against Amen. it. And the prisons of hellish men aren't going to stop it. And I'm going to move my gospel forward because I, Jesus died for the souls of men. And he wanted those souls to hear the gospel. Amen. And, and, and when we read this chapter, yeah. this kind of lights our hearts. Yeah. And Amen. what do you think happened with Rhoda? And Mark and all the people that were gathered together there, right? Mm-hmm. When they found out that Peter, that God sent an angel, and this angel took him between two soldiers in two chains out through three gates, past the keepers. And then the word of God grew and it multiplied. Right. Amen. And then the last verse, Barnabas and Saul, they returned from Jerusalem. From Jerusalem to where? Maybe to Antioch? Well, next verse, Antioch. the next chapter, 13.1. Yeah. They're in Antioch. Go. So yeah. he's moving the headquarters. Amen. Moving the headquarters. <laughs> okay, we're running out of time on this week's show. We had a real good time. We'd like you to join us every Sunday at 7 o'clock on the What is Truth radio show right here at this station. And uh, we thank our producer, Justin for helping us and uh, Buddy Shula for putting us on. And if you want to hear the old shows, visit our sponsor, Grace and Truth Church. Just spell that out, graceandtruthchurch.org. Hit the sermons tab, uh, hit YouTube, and you can watch the old shows. And until we meet you again next week, do like Jesus said. Search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to What is Truth? the radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK.